This week on the Look Happy Podcast, two strong guys tell us how to get strong. Alright, so this week we talked to Bill Berkman and Doug Goff. Uh, the introductions will come soon in the podcast. But as always, remember to head on over to lookhappypodcast.com. Sign up for our newsletter so we can send you exclusive show notes and interview details. This week, the episode is funny, it's relaxed, but it's also surprisingly informative. And these two national level powerlifters are seriously switched on guys. There's heaps of laughing, banter and knowledge bombs. And we're sorry if we laugh too loud for your headset. These guys can both squat over 200 kilos, which makes them technically really damn strong. So we talk about strategies and diet for competition, how to balance your training in the off season and how to eat to lose weight and build muscle. Hope you enjoy. I recorded as soon as they started dissing Holoquin and Dane McKenna. Oh, good, good, good. Yeah, I've been going for the whole time. <laughs> That's sweet. Something I just don't know enough about. And like... <laughs> yeah, I got no fight in this deal. I got no dog in this fight. So, you guys can have fun. Fitness industry. You get fired. We should tell you what the goal is as well. So, this is obviously kind of just starting up. We've done a few interviews. The goal of the podcast is to put out as much free information as we can. Yep, so right, we've cool. all listened to podcasts and got heaps of free information from them. I think it's a really cool like source of information about training and yeah, yeah, sure. and nutrition and health. I don't know if you guys listen to podcasts or anything like that yeah, or yeah. whatever. Just YouTube. There's heaps of mediums that you can learn from now. So our goal is to is to like educate people and bring on cool people who know stuff about stuff and who can squat heavyweights to talk about whatever it is they're interested in. Yeah, and also to yeah. eventually the goal will be to put out a really heavily produced version of this. So yeah. starting off with conversations yeah. and then eventually it'll be like <clears throat> like a really structured podcast. Yeah. We have a specific question each week that we like go into depth asking about. Like so, a topic, yeah, like course. a really specific topic and everything. Yeah, that'd be awesome. Um, <laughs> welcome to Look Happy Podcast. This is uh, Matt Little, Sam Barrett and Nick Allen, who's just uh, fallen over. Uh, we're here with Go Doug. Yeah. <laughs> go, go, go. And, and, and the B-Man. Your boy. Your boy. Your boy, boy. Your boy Will Berkman. Yeah. Um, so, guys, today we're talking about powerlifting, I guess. and Strength and training. Strength training. Yeah. Um, do you want to introduce yourselves? Sure. Uh, me first, you first. Go for it. Um, my name's Will Berkman. I've been powerlifting now since 2012. Um not at any particularly good level, um, <laughs> but um, but as like as of about 2014, quite seriously, um, I've just finished a sports science degree and I'm going to study nutrition and dietetics now. I PT at Bondi Platinum Fitness First, and I'm currently coached by Amir Fazeli of Adonis Athletics. Nice, oh, cool. Easy. So he's only a Bondi for chicks, by the way. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Pretty good spot. Yeah. So I'm Doug Goff. Uh, I also PT at Bondi and. Funnily enough, I'm coached by the same guy, Amir. Um, twins. Yeah. Twins. <laughs> it's actually um, how we met. Probably, yeah, relatively newer to it since 2014. Um, and, yeah. So he hasn't even taken it serious. Two years. Wow. Him four, but, yeah. Definitely You're better than him now, though, right? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah actually, he is, like, all jokes aside, so, yeah. But definitely, like, a strength training base before that. Didn't, yeah. Didn't sort of jump in from, like, nothing. Like, the, the bodybuilding stuff, or...? Uh, 
you know, from footy. It's like yeah, basically yeah. It's much the same. He had some like, Gabbo shoulder and he was like, oh, I've got to fix this. <laughs> yeah, how am I going to fix my dicky shoulder? Yeah, bad shoulder is just bench press, man. Yeah, that's literally it. Bench press, bicep curls. 100%. Yeah, it's that. No, seriously. That's where most strength comes from, I think. That's my workout. Bicep curls. Yeah. Yeah. Strict. Preacher curls. you got to get the ratio right. That's true. Yeah, cool. So, Nick Allen, do you want to take us off with some with some cues. Oh, actually, well, I hope this is relevant for everyone, but what are your best lifts then? So, yeah. all right, right in. Um, yeah, I'll jump in. So, I competed in December in uh, Uzbekistan for the Asia, Asia Oceana uh, Palatin Champs. So I squatted 240, bench pressed 137, which is not my best, and deadlifted. 270, so that's at 83 body. What about you bench press, bro? Um, <laughs> he actually had his footy shoulder. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> handed actually, the footy shoulder came into play. Yeah, bench press range 142 and a half, but yeah. So, 83. Nice and good, isn't it? What weight class is that? In? 83 kilos. 83 kilos. Yeah, that's cool. And also an 83 kilo lifter. Um, like I competed at nationals <laughs> last year and then tore my hamstring, so I haven't competed since. Um, I've squatted 227. Best bench in competitions, 120 in the gym, 125. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, my bench is the running joke of our training group. And, um, I think I could do 120. <laughs> probably, yeah, yeah. <laughs> that, was, like, that was the big joke among us. It's like we get into powerlifting, it's a three-lift sport, and like your average gym rat comes in and is better than <laughs> yeah, they're push, like They can't be like pushing you know, that deadlift or squat. No, it's all about the then, total. Yeah, total right? yeah. And then I've deadlifted 267. Ooh, Damn. But, but that was a second attempt, so I've missed 280 at lockout. Um, oh, but I saw as that video. On, is that the video? On, is there a video yeah, on that? my Instagram? Yeah, yeah. I did oh. see that. Like, it's like he's there. You're if you're oh, in the gym, you would have given it, it to it, him. It, it, oh, yeah, it's painful. Yeah, yeah it was right. painful. But you were like, all the way. Like, how long did you hold? Stood it up. So you don't have to hold it per se. It's you have to get your hips through and your shoulders back behind the bar. And from and that angle, to, from in front, it's like yeah. If you're not a discerning viewer, it just looks like he's got the lift. But like you could, if you were from the side, you could see. I was probably like an inch or two from actually locking it out. And like grip strength for me has always been a bit of a problem. Right. And I was at that point when my hands were starting to open up mm. and I couldn't sort of wedge my hips through any further yeah. without my hands opening. So I tried to and, you know, immediately the bar Ooh. just fell. You, what's your grip? So I grip over under like this. Yeah. Um, yeah. So left hand under, right yeah. hand over. Um, mm. But since I've hurt the hamstring, just for the sake of symmetry, I've tried to do a little bit the other way. And it just yeah. feels super duper. Have you tried hook gripping? I have tried hook gripping. So for a while, I did Olympic weightlifting. Yeah. Um, and I was like even more mediocre at that. And <laughs> 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 I was about Because weightlifting is like this really? sport of explosiveness. And again, like I okay. literally, like if I jump, I don't get off the ground. So I was like, <laughs> I was hopelessly bad at did it. Did you compete at all? Or? Yeah, I competed once. Awesome. And then Maybe I had knee yeah. surgery. <laughs> so like... Maybe I'm just not cut out yeah. for this sport because like, I'm no good at it when I try and I always get hurt. But um, but I did weightlifting. I was hook gripping for quite a bit and I can now, like, I can probably hook grip 220 deadlift. Yeah, but, but it's just gone up. Yeah, it? and like people say it hook hurts, grips, man. It hurts, it hurts like crazy. Bumps. They say it's a pain tolerance thing, yeah. but there is a lot of technique to it as well. Absolutely. And so you, you've got to be able to get like two fingers over your thumb. And for me, often once I got the bar in there, that starts to slip away to one. And once it slips to one, it's no stronger. Right. It's almost like a, you have to have different muscles in your forearms that are strong. Because with the, the over and under, you've got a pinch kind of strength. Yeah. With the hook, it's actually kind of your second and first fingers. 
that require the strength. It's slightly yeah. different. There's no yeah. there's no pinch. But you're straight to like because Sam's a CrossFit, I say you're yeah. straight. You're straight to hook grip when you do. Yeah, pretty. Except for deadlifts, I still go un, over yeah, under. under. Yeah. What did you um, end up with in your clean and jerk and snatch? So best clean and jerk was a hundred. I could clean one forty. Could never put a hundred. Yeah. Um, more than a hundred in my yeah, head. Yeah. <laughs> and best snatch was eighty five. Yeah. So you know, like mediocre. And again, that was at like ninety five kilos back then. Right. Yeah. So yeah. Like, you were ninety five kilos. I when I was in high school, I was one hundred and sixteen kilos. So like I've been all sizes and um, yeah and like on the way down I was competing in weightlifting just for a laugh so I was still playing rugby then but again wasn't much good at footy because I was too small and I was still front row. Um, so yeah, completely. Nobody could jump, man. You could jump at 116 kilos. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah but like I thought that would get better. Like, that's the thing. <laughs> just to slow down. <laughs> <laughs> 30 kilos. It'd be like it'd be like a three second rep on a squat, and it'd be like nice first rep, man. Like, <laughs> yeah, like, yeah, like you're good. It's just getting the tempo. It's all about yeah, things, exactly. Right? Well, that's the thing. There's I'm no the speed tension, component. Right? In that <laughs> yeah, that's it. As long as you get it up there, it doesn't matter how long you take. Yeah. Oh, good. Yeah. Oh, that's good. So I actually forgot what was the question. Good analogy. Uh, <laughs> it was best lifts we got through. Oh yeah. That. So oh, we, yeah. we actually yeah. got through the best lifts. Yeah. 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 We just went the roundabout way. Yeah. Um. Okay. So your competition. You said you went to where was it again? Uzbekistan. Uzbekistan. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. 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 <laughs> it's yeah. like near Turkmenistan, Kazakhstan, Afghanistan. Yeah. Big time. Like, all the guys at like top. totals are low so you've got to be above that but then beyond that they do it on your rankings at nationals so 
Like, uh, you probably have the top 15 people, say, at Nationals who are getting that qualifying total. Yeah. And it's, yeah. Yeah, yeah, maybe top 20. But then, you know, they say, we're going to take two people in this team. So it's the top two nominees from that. Um, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. So top two nominees from that group. So Doug and I came third and fourth at Junior Nationals, respectively. The guys who came first and second didn't nominate for the overseas competitions. It's expensive, so, right? Yeah, because it's expensive. Oh, You've got to pay your own way. Yeah. So it's basically like, provided that you meet a really arbitrarily easy criterion, it's the best people who make themselves available. Yeah. yeah. And right. yeah, so, and it can yeah, be prohibitively sense. expensive. Like going to Uzbekistan is like expensive. Annoying. Yeah. Is yeah. Australia competitive in international powerlifting? Mm. Yeah, I mean like depending on where we go. So yeah. I think we would have come second as a team. Overall, yeah, that's really yeah, yeah. Oh, wow, that's quite cool. Yeah. yeah, we got a, we feel a pretty big team. Like we're reasonably consistent. Our females, females isn't a hugely competitive division, although it's definitely like up and coming. Mm-hmm. Something that like more and more lifters jump into. But we're really strong through that female area, and we did that's awesome, awesome there. Got us a lot of points. Males, yeah, probably not as strong relatively in like the international arena, but definitely some like outstanding lifters we have. Yeah, With sure. the totals though, so it's yeah. like female all weight classes, male all weight classes, complete totals. Yeah, that's that's who wins and who loses. Yeah. Uh, wait, oh wait, it's so on a person by person basis, best three lifts within each weight class, yeah. and then they award you points. It's a bit like the Olympics. So you come first, say your team gets six points out of it, come second, you get uh, three, so on. So if like if Australia took out first, second, and third in three weight classes yep. in the women's, yep. we get X team points from that. Yep. Understood? Yep. And that will go towards the total at yeah. the end. Of, yeah. Gotcha. Yep. Because Hazy did pretty well, didn't he? Yeah, Al- yeah so right. he, yeah. he ended up coming fourth, but his was like the most tightly contested weight class there was. So yeah. the people who came second and third um, totaled the same, but their body weight was different. So they were differentiated on body weight. Alex, in his third deadlift, I was actually coaching him, so like I'm somewhat responsible for this. Um, <laughs> in his third deadlift, he could have gone for he could have gone for 260 kilos, which would have got him the same total as those two. So there would have been three people, same total. Yeah. Alex weighed the middle amount of the three of them, so he would have gone third. Right. Um, but we said, bugger it, let's make it 262, and then if he gets it, he comes second outright. Right. So he, so he may as well just go for the yeah yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. So he missed yeah. that deadlift, ends up coming fourth. But it's like by B's dick. Yeah. And then the guy who came first was only seven kilos above or something. So yeah. Alex missed his second squat and his third squat, which was um, the it same way. Yeah. And had he hit that, it would have been like he needed an easy third deadlift to wrap up first. Like it was just that tight of a competition. That's pretty good to know that like, next time he goes to the competition, sees similar guys, you know, it's kind of like where he can go. Yeah, yeah like, for yeah. sure. And when it's that tight, it becomes like it becomes probably strategically far more of an interesting sport than people sort of think. Yeah. Because at the local level, you just rock up and if you're just sort of broadly the strongest, you're going to win. Mm-hmm. But at the international level, when people know that, you know, they've got 30 kilos to make up on the deadlift, say, because they've seen the nominating numbers of people, they start to push their squats a bit or their deadlifts a bit and people start juking a little bit with their attempts. So if you know you have to put in your attempt before somebody, you might put in a slightly higher attempt than you initially planned. If you're confident your guy will get it, because you can go the other guy into increasing his. And then if he misses, suddenly you've got a huge tactical advantage. Yeah. So when people are really oh. tight like this, all the attempt selection becomes really important. Mm. Coming into the final deadlift where you can actually change your attempt at the last minute, having the prerogative is like incredibly important. So there's all this number crunching and stuff going on and yeah. coaches running around everywhere. And when you're in these mm. international meets and you've got like a run and stuff going around, you've got people who are like dropping shoulders into you and talking shit and swearing, trying to block you, getting yeah, into back. like... The desk and like, stuff to give in your attempts. It's crazy, man. Fuck? It's yeah. a, like it's a sport in and of itself yeah. in the warm-up yeah. room. Like there's because in Uzbekistan, so much fun though. You walk out. <laughs> it's, like, oh, so weird. it's 
it's exhilarating, but it's like it's exhausting as well. So when we were there, they were a little like a little bit under equipped and stuff. So you'd go you'd go to take your lifter through the warm up, and there might be one like acceptably good bar to deadlift <laughs> on, and there's five countries with teams trying to get on it. What? And three or four of those countries are like actively trying to stop you getting your guy to warm up so that your guy's fucked yeah. so that then their guy will win. Wow. So so there's like war going on between the coaches yeah. and people swearing at each other in different languages and all these like historical feuds erupting between the stands because they all hate each other and you don't know who's who anyway. And it's like, it's really good fun. And when you do finally get your guy prepped and go out there, it's almost like relieving because they've gotten to the platform and like at that point, it's just fine. Yeah. Um, it's like it's a really cool experience. It's they so go great. really late into the night, don't they? Powerlifting competitions. Uh, yeah, it kind of depends on like the number of lifters, right, and how well well run it is. So these local comps now are like filling up like nothing else, and so they'll be packed to capacity of lifters. And you know, if you have three flights, so three flights or three sort of sessions, sorry, the session being like you know one squat session, another squat session, another squat session in succession then you've got all the bench they'll go so late and if you have multiple yeah, yeah, weight yeah. classes like was it at nationals last year we had the 93s oh, yeah, they finished sure. at 12 30 or 1 in the morning like, like, we were all I drinking because we yeah. just finished we're, so we're, we're all standing yeah. in the crowd we're like the so we were like <laughs> earlier that day we finished about 6 30 or something like that and we just went out drinks food got pissed came back in they're going like you imagine pulling a third deadlift like 12.30 How long from the start of their competition to the end of their competition? Uh, so also, in a good one, it'd be what, like four hours? Four hours or so. So you do your first lift it'd take, if and you then look four at hours about, later your last. Um, so there's about, it works in, you know, you get, you, everyone does their first squat and there'll be like 10 lifters doing the first squat. Then it resets again, they do their second squat, they do their third squat. So your squats will take you about half an hour to do your three attempts and to get your max. Then there's usually another group that goes and they do all their three squats. So you have about another half an hour or so. And then there's a quick break before you bench. So what? 40 yeah, minutes 40 minutes between lifts as well. So it's like half an hour squats. That's minutes, still a long time to be stimulated. Yeah, what's yeah. that mental lift? prep? You definitely like peak. Well, for bench, you definitely have a little low point and then for deadlifts, you just want to stimulate if you Yeah, one one's fine. I don't care. Yeah. 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 But just, yeah. Um, 100%. Yeah, no, like that is a huge part of the game. Um, and when, when we were in nationals, for instance, like, food. because yeah, food's a good way yeah. to relax. But like, if you're, if you're constantly hyped up by the end of the day, like, yeah. you're exhausted and the deadlifts are probably the lift where you really, really need to be most psyched for. Right. The most um, dumb lift, right? You, you just sort of like, you just got to pick it up. You can almost just attack the bar, particularly but on a max weight. You, you're not too like, you're not going to hammer yourself on technique on a max. Like, yeah. Nah. Right. Yeah. Whereas a squat, it's reasonably technical in a lot of ways. You need to get everything right in that top position as you're descending go through the bench even more so for the deadlifts. What's um, your nutrition like during the day? Oh, during the day, it's like, like a sugar. Yeah, I was going to say, dietitian's yeah, nightmare. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, so like, <laughs> isn't it funny, nightmare. isn't it funny, like, it's an elite sport and as soon as it comes down to like, the yeah. actual day you eat, yeah. ridiculous, you don't even yeah. care. You just eat well, it's not, it's not quite like that. It's like sports nutrition is, yeah. sports nutrition is sort of different because it's defined by like, your immediate needs. Not by health. No, not by health. So like, okay, a lot of people have come into powerlifting meets, they've dehydrated themselves deliberately. Some people have to cut carbs and stuff to make weight as well. For two hour weigh-ins. Some you get 24 hours. Were you guys over or under? So like, if you weigh in overweight, at the international level, you don't compete. At the local level, you just go in the weight class above and they don't care. Yeah, nationals, you wouldn't compete either. Did you have to drop weight to make it? Yeah. Yeah. Um, But so you've made weight, right? You're a little bit depleted, you're a bit dehydrated. 
So you've got to get you know some salts in, you've got to get some carbs in because they're what's going to fuel your performance on the platform. Mm-hmm. So you, you know you've got to start getting that in like straight away because you've got two hours. So people are dropping Gatorades and you know eating salty snacks and starving mm-hmm. babies and stuff. And although like if you were to do that for the whole of your diet, people would be like that's horribly unhealthy and you'll probably get diabetes. Like if if your prerogative is like in the next two hours, I got to be like carbed up completely hydrated, ready to go, and I can't have anything sitting heavy in my stomach or I'm going to, like, shit on the platform. <laughs> then, like, <laughs> that's just what you've got to do. Yeah. So, you know, and, like, the worst doing? thing in the world is weighing in, eating some food, like, and then starting your squat warm-up and being, like, 20 minutes so you're on the platform and suddenly Four. your stomach just goes, like, oh, my God, like, I really need to shit. Yeah. You've just taken in yeah. so much fluid and lots of caffeine. So if you haven't had caffeine in a week... <laughs> You know, you have yeah. a coffee, like you're gonna shit, yeah. and so so it's actually like it's People wearing. Walking into the toilet, so you can't take your shit. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah well, only in Uzbekistan, yeah. right? No, you can't. Yeah. How much You're like, oh, come on. <laughs> but yeah, like it's yeah. it's just completely like it's defined by a completely different set of needs. So yeah, like, it's pretty. It's well, pretty funny. But like, man, we go through chips and lollies and, you know, like I'll eat my rice cakes a little bit and they'll laugh at me. But like anything anything that's got some salt and some sugar and that goes down easy, that's what you're having on the day. You have have a few sort of... Yeah, I have sushi rolls. A little bit longer to digest, but yeah, that's right after weigh-in. That's just to keep you sort of level for later in the day. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But by deadlifts, you're like delirious because you've been like eating lollies all day you've had like caffeine. more caffeine than like anybody should ever have and you haven't had caffeine in a week at that stage and you're like fucking tired because you, like your nervous system's just like freaking out because you've just gone and done like six max attempts even yeah. if three of them are for bench like you're absolutely rooted so to do that at yeah. midnight yeah it's like yeah really bad and after a long day like it's exhausting i i sleep so well after powerlifting it's like even if i've had you know a yeah. gram and a bit of caffeine like when i get home i just hit the bed and go like you're yeah, right. yeah, yeah. Like, like, you're like nationals, we tried to go out after, and it was just a mess. Like, yeah, you, know, yeah, you, you, yeah. you, you feel you feel bloated as hell, so no one wants to drink. Yeah, yeah. Like, yeah. you're tired. You get to a place, you're like, oh, that your bench sucks. Like, yeah, your bench sucks. <laughs> that's just like, that's like a daily. Thing. <laughs> <laughs> that's, that's not something. Yeah, you can't really walk properly from doing 100. You know, no, sorry, 200 something kilos. Yeah, yeah. But what was the biggest thing you learnt from going going overseas and powerlifting over there? God, um, there was one thing. You definitely learn about competition. Um, yeah. I think that's... It sounded like the, the yeah. competitive aspect was the thing that's... Unlike anything you. else. So, like, local competitions don't even compare. It's, like, they're great fun, but it's not about so much... It's, I don't know how to describe like it. You're not way. there with a, like, in, single-minded approach to winning. In those yeah, international right, clubs, right. it's... Your priorities to win. Like, there's no nothing what, else yeah. there that's priorities. Who cares yeah. about PBs? Who cares about all yeah. that kind of stuff? Your priority is there to win, which is a completely different mindset. Whereas, yeah. you know, at a local comp, you might go in and be like, oh, I've hit 260 in the gym. Like, I'd love to beat that with 265, whatever it is. This, it's like, all right, he's hit 250. I need to pull 257.5 to win. Yeah. I know I've pulled 260 before, but I have to pull 257.5. That's all I need. Mm-hmm. I'll pull that. So it's, it's a lot like, more external. Yeah, like that mental aspect. Outside. Like, i got to win. Yeah. <laughs> do it for your country in a way. <laughs> You're all good with yourself. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I just want the gold now. I want the gold medal. <laughs> yeah. But it's it's definitely unreal like that. But yeah, awesome definitely. experience. Definitely. Well, the same for me. So I was there coaching. Like, um, yeah. Yeah. Because I'd hurt myself prior to it. You know, I went and competed bench only, which like, Everybody by now should know is like laughable. Um, <laughs> yeah. Came dead last. So I can come along yeah. with it and like got a team point and then I coached 
yeah, five people, and you learn so much. Like the strategic aspects of powerlifting that just completely go over your head at mm. the local level just becomes that important. Yeah. And pretty much everything that Doug said is yeah. yeah, it's pretty cool. All the number crunching thing. Like, yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah. Another actually cool aspect of Uzbekistan is one of the well, the strongest guy in the IPF was there, Ray Williams. So he cool. and um, me and Will, funnily enough, because Australia was sort of sponsoring him as a guest because he's not from Asia or Oceania. He came over and we got the chance to, you know, help him with his warm-ups, help run his numbers oh, in the oh, background, cool. yeah, yeah, that kind of stuff. Um, but he's unreal. He's ordered, what, 426? 426, 426 yeah. kilos. Like, oh, wow. That's a lot of weight. Been knee sleeves. How much does he weigh? Not quite 426. He's a big dude. He's, he's like, actually, you know what? Um, I know this. He really? said he lost like 15 kilos in the time he was in Uzbekistan because he said the food was crap. Like, bear in mind, every day, like, it's just a buffet breakfast. And there's, like, yeah. pancakes, French toast, oh, eggs, what? and stuff like that. Like, I was, I was loving it. Yeah. And he was like, man, like, at home, you know, I just, like, want my waffles and shit. And I was like, Ray, like, you're off your head. Anyway, he lost, like, 15 <laughs> yeah, kilos. He weighed in, like, 167. And he's so nice. He's, like... Yeah, that's a big dude. Yeah, he's got those incredible, like, what? southern manners. So he looks like Biggie Smalls. If Biggie <laughs> Smalls was, like, 50 kilos bigger and jacked as all hell. Yeah. But he's, like... Huge. Yeah. laughably polite like really? calls everybody sir and sir, it's just madam. like goes so far out of his way to be friendly wow. so he's competing and when he's going up onto the platform he's going nuts and he like you know he wears his bandana and like salutes God and stuff <laughs> but out of the back like he's the friendliest most gentle yeah. kind well, like after his lips he's like you know his last squat and like yeah like good on your own he's like thank you sir thank yeah, you sir like, yeah he's <laughs> like the combination oh, yeah. of his life yeah. and he's like immediately walking around just like shaking heavy like you know I appreciate it so much like it, it was the that was, that was a really cool. Experience. It was a really sweet yeah. dude. But again, like when we were talking about the warm up equipment being kind of a bit shitty, oh, like when he was doing his, mind, <laughs> yeah, his last warm up, his last warm up was three hundred and eighty kilos or something. Oh, three fifty. Yeah, I think it was three fifty. Open three eighty five. Something like ridiculous. And so we've got this bar that is just not up to scratch. It's probably calibrated to like, I'm uh, not calibrated like you know, rated. prepared, yeah, rated to like a hundred kilos and it's bent literally in a year. <laughs> so he's got, his, he's got his horseshoe on his back and instead of having his arms like here it's in his like squat position, yeah, <laughs> his arms are like by his waist. So he's literally got his hands in his pockets and like 350 kilos on his back. And he was getting really psyched at this stage and he was like, man, I'm going to do this beltless. And we're there with Rob Wilkes, who's head of powerlifting Australia. He's coaching him. And we're like, are you sure? Coach. Like, awesome. Yeah, coach. Yeah, yeah. We're like, are you sure, man? Because like, you're about to go out there and go for the world you're record right, and stuff. Right. Like, you know, this bar is pretty shit. And he's like, no, man, I just want to feel the weight. So he's walking out this bar that's bent like seriously 90 degrees on either <laughs> side. And like, you've got these collars that just cannot hold that much weight. So we're thinking if one side drops off, he's going to get like catapulted in the other direction. <laughs> and he's doing it beltless in this space that's like, so, you know, small in your living room here, like didn't have room to even walk it out properly. And we're all standing there on the side spotting. We've got like five of us around this dude <laughs> who is like a huge dude in his own right. So like if anything goes wrong, like it's happening meters away from you. Like it was just fucked up. And, you know, he's doing that. It was crazy. Like we were all so amped for the whole thing. I don't know. That story showing off, but it was and, fucking and crazy. And he, and he hit it? Oh, and, well, it? yeah, he hit his last warm-up. Oh, I know! <laughs> yeah. Did he, did he break the record? Yeah. yeah, he broke the record, and that was pretty incredible oh, as well. Like, uh, hold on. What happened? What happened? Well, well, we, you laughed too loudly. Oh, 
It's, I think it's working now. Uh, um, yeah, probably, but he, he, oh, that's, that's good. You can say the bike died in the middle of my story and we can just think this. <laughs> that story did go nowhere. <laughs> it was so <laughs> funny. Make that like, you know, when the trip in the grill team in Triple M, they got that Rod Stewart story where they never tell they everybody never tell, yeah. what happened. Yeah, you can have that. That's like Will's story about Ray Williams where it just cuts. And Apparently, like, it's, did you hear what the Rod Stewart thing is though? No. That he like blew a bunch of sailors and like, Drink like a liter of cum. Oh my god! Oh, really? It's complete shit. But that's the Rod Stewart story. Oh, we've all been there. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean, it's time. <laughs> yeah, man, what do you think we do to pass the time? Yeah. Um, Forty minutes to just. I probably shouldn't have said it. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, is it for- <laughs> and Triple M will come yeah. see you as well if that is the Rod Stewart story. <laughs> I think. Oh, I'm, 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 pretty, I'm pretty sure it's recording. <laughs> <laughs> I'm pretty sure yeah, that keep is. That well, in. we have that now. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> Forever, we can constantly use that soundbite now. Oh, dude. Now, have you got your next question up? Uh, yes. Um, okay, so normally when people first start training, they yeah. make good gains with their strength. Uh, is there another period of your, top, of your life where you've made like the biggest strength gains in your powerlifting sort of stuff? And what were you doing around that sort of area? Um, like what sort of programming were you doing? I can say yes. And um, gosh, it sounds like a plug for selling my coaching services but um when when i had been like i'd been powerlifting for a couple of years not at all seriously just doing whatever just going lifting heavy weights turning up to a meet occasionally seeing how i went when i decided so i went to new zealand represented australia in 2013 did terribly because i had no idea um when i decided after that point that i should actually get some formal coaching because i was going to you know try and actually be good at the sport um, I wrote to Amir at Adonis and he'd helped me a little bit with my bench press leading into New Zealand to no avail, not his fault. And, um, <laughs> and I said like, I said like, man, I just want somebody else to take over my training and having somebody like experienced, you know, and he's an excellent coach. He's got athlete after athlete who's, you know, winning Aussie titles and setting records and stuff. You know, I said like, I'd like you to do my training and things, paying a coach, being accountable to somebody who looks at your training objectively and has a long-term plan for you. I'm doing that and just like going under a well thought out progressive system took me so far. I went from like, I had squatted 180 or 185 um, in the gym once, but I squatted like 165, 170 in meets like three times in a row. I trained with Amir. I had glandular fever, so I didn't train for like six or eight weeks after I started with him. And then I had about a 12 week prep into my first comp with it. And that was the first time I squatted 200. Um, went from yeah. deadlifting 230 to I deadlifted 247 that comp. Um, That's a massive jump. Yeah. yeah, like big jumps. And like, you know, I wasn't like a shithouse deadlifter to begin with, but it was just like, you know, training under that sort of guidance and in the environment at Adonis because I was training there after uni a bit just took me so far. And, you know, like that's like, that's pretty quick progress to make after years yeah, yeah. of training. Yeah. Um, so that for me. Seriously. Um, yeah, probably say... Ironically, after nationals last year, I had a bit of a jump, but it might have been more um, a mental thing in a lot of ways. But um, being in the right mindset and and not going too heavy too much of the time definitely gave me a huge lift in my numbers. Um, Do you get coached by the same guy? Yeah, yeah. yeah. So we went into a prep for nationals and I'd squatted 215 for five in the gym in the lead up to that nationals. I went in and left nationals and I squatted 215. Like, that was my opening attempt. Didn't get my second. Um, in the lead-up to Uzbekistan, we just pulled it back, focused on, you know, good form, good technique, but, you know, moving heavy-ish weights, but nothing too, too maximal. And, like, 
From there, I went in and squatted 240, which perhaps is something I could have aimed for at nationals. But I, to realize that strength, you just got, you can't be pushing too hard all the time. Yeah. And that's definitely something that helped me. I How that's something that happens with intermediates a bit as well. Yeah. Like, um, is that like you build up latent ability. You know, we do like, we were doing heaps and heaps of work in the lead up to nationals. Like, you know, general strength work, lots of hypertrophy and stuff. And you build, like you build up this base that could probably take you to a certain peak. Yeah. But you don't necessarily realize that all the time. Um, like, yeah. And I mean, realize in a physiological sense. Like, you don't necessarily put it out there on the platform. And so, oftentimes, what will happen is people will come to you with some potential and they just haven't quite found, like, yeah. haven't put the puzzle pieces together right <clears throat> to put it all together on the platform. And when you start to get that right and you do peak well, you start to actually sort of exhibit your full ability. And I think, again, that's something that just having a good experience coach can really help you with. Yeah. You know, yeah, and that's yeah. what happened for Doug in Uzbekistan. Like, we just took a back step. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. And just changed the world. Do you yeah. physically change with your coach? Or there's a lot of it online. So, like, yeah. we are online clients now. Yeah. Right. Um, you know, we send videos to him and message and stuff. I used to, because I was at university, like, 10 minutes from his gym. I used yeah. to go visit once a week, usually. His Castle Hill gym? Um, Hill's gym? No, so he's in Granville. Granville um, there's okay. an there's another Adonis Athletics in Castle Yeah, Hill. yeah. That's so the two guys that run that used to be at Granville as well. Okay, um, right. Yeah. Also excellent coaches. And um, I used to go train there a couple times a week. And again, working in that environment is awesome because this is another just general training thing yeah. I've noticed. If you're in an environment where you're the strongest person, it's really hard to progress. Absolutely. If you're yeah. somewhere where you're like a little fish in a big pond, and that's how I felt at Adonis, yeah. it really spurs you on to better things. But also like a welcoming atmosphere too. Like, yeah. Everyone's family there, you know what I mean? Like it doesn't matter if you're the, you know, not the strongest guy there at all. Everyone's 100% behind you. Whereas yeah. you go to, uh, you know, regular commercial gyms, it doesn't matter what you're doing. No one's going to come and be like, yeah, yeah you don't know anyone. Get on with it. Like it doesn't matter if you're the strongest yeah. guy. I think guy. that matters a yeah. lot. Absolutely. Yeah, sure. Mentally, that's why, um, that's what CrossFit, CrossFit I think does yeah. really yeah. well. Yeah. And yeah. Like, everybody's standing around there, you know, again, whether you're the strongest or the weakest in the gym, if you're doing a set that, you know, means something to you or is a challenge, People yeah. are standing around like cheering you on, yeah. you know, and there's so much respect just for people's progress in their own sort of individual yeah. respect yeah. that it re- like it really takes people to better places. So yeah, definitely. I think that's that. really cool. Yeah. yeah, it's awesome, man. Nice. How often would you guys be hitting like close to max week to week? Like how many um, weeks would be in between? I didn't really. I didn't pull a heavy single on deadlift between my last like three or four meets. Heaviest I got was like hard triples. Um, yeah. Squats, I've done daily maxes before, but again, like my daily maxes were never above 95% and usually like 90. Yeah. Um, but like, yeah, tr- like actually just going in and maxing out is pretty rare. Like yeah. I don't really, yeah, I don't really see a huge place for it in preparation, yeah. to be honest. Like you want most of your work to be really good quality and not that fatiguing. Yeah. And if you start doing really heavy, hard <clears throat> weights, then you just can't either sustain enough volume during a session or during a week to get meaningfully better or you just burn out really quickly anyway. So if you were to go in and like test your maxes two weeks out from me because then you go, shit, like I know what I'm going to push for on my third attempt. Mm. You're probably going to be so fucked by then that like when <laughs> yeah, you go yeah. to the meet, you do shit or yeah, you do you that. you yourself disappointed. Yeah. yeah, or like you can't handle enough volume in those sessions and so you're detrained by the time you yeah. come to the meet. So it's not just that you're burnt out, yeah. you're actually weaker, you know? So it's like, yeah, for us really? it almost never happens. Yeah. So I didn't touch anything above ninety percent for my lead into Uzbekistan. Perfect. Had my best meet. Yeah. So like That's pretty good. Once your technique yeah. under heavy weights is like reasonably solid, yeah. The best thing you can do for it is just keep hammering yeah. it away yeah. sub maximally. I think yeah. um Shaco might change a little bit. Yeah. But um I remember hearing in a Shaco interview ages ago and um 
And he was saying one of the reasons, I mean, he doesn't even program very, very heavy often anyway, unless it's on variations. But one of the things he um, he was saying was he likes to have his sets. The reason he does lots of sets with lower reps, or one of the reasons, was that if he gives somebody, a say, a 5RM weight, so a weight they can do five times, no more if you put a gun to their head, the first two reps, maybe the first three reps, depending on the athlete, are probably actually going to look really good. Mm. And by three, four, and five, the technique starts to deteriorate. Yeah. And, you know, his emphasis is on, like, perfect technique and having these athletes just execute, like, perfect reps every time. Yeah. And they do 100, 200, or 150, I should say, 200 yeah. lifts per week. Yeah. If 150 or 200 reps per week that you do all look identical and perfect, then when it comes time to lift on the platform, if you're peaked and ready and psyched up and stuff, then you're going to have perfect technique under maximum weights and that'll prepare you really well. If you do 150 reps a week and, like, 60 of them are kind of a bit shitty then when it comes, like, when you come to the platform, either you're beat up and not doing as well or just your technique's not as well ingrained either. Mm. So I think there's, like, there's a lot to be said for having the bulk of your work. Not all of it, because you do need to do some hard training, but the yeah. bulk of your work being done with sets that are sort of capped just below where you could probably get to. Yeah, yeah absolutely. Yeah, I think that happens in Olympic weightlifting as well. Uh, yeah, very uh, much they so. They do that very well. Yeah, mm. really well, especially because it is such a high technical sport. Very much so. Yeah, mm. yeah. You watch those guys go like their proficiency in a lift is it's incredible yeah, like, yeah, it's yeah. far Amazing. beyond powerful because they're limited in a lot of ways not by absolute strength on the snatch say right but a lot more by technique yeah, so yeah. position to be as t- technically proficient yeah. and good as so important yeah. well they're not going to be out there and putting numbers that they're strong enough to put out on the exactly yeah yeah, yeah. yeah yeah and that was the same when i did weightlifting i was like although i'd never got any good like the first quite a long time, I was with a broomstick and an empty bar. Just yeah, yeah. like yeah, yeah. You know, like they yeah. go, we'll go do like you know your clean drills or whatever with the broomstick, and then after a month or so, it was the empty bar. Yeah. Go do that, and then do four sets of three clean pulls, so like two hundred kilos or whatever it was, because you just like you need to have the competition movements and treat them almost mm-hmm. as sacred. Like if they're not ne- nearly perfect, then you're doing it wrong. Yeah, absolutely. You know, you know. So yeah. Mm. Uh, uh, <laughs> I, I, no, I'm not um, So you mentioned one of your one of the other people training different variations. <clears throat> How often do you think you should be... Well, obviously with your powerlifting technique, you want to keep the same technique, but do yeah. you reckon that leads to degeneration or like injuries no. from constantly training in the same foot position yeah. or same arm position? So I think a lot of that comes how far from competition you are. And so I'm talking training as a powerlifter here. So if we're looking at it that way, how far from competition you are sort of depends how much, how, how far away you can get from those competition lifts. And the very simple way of putting it is the further out you can go, you are from competition, the more variation you yep. want. And because you want that general strength, you want that hypertrophy, that muscle building, you want muscle, big muscles, basically, as simple as it is, make you strong. And also, obviously, your neural efficiency, but... But the neural efficiency comes quicker. Right? Yeah, so, exactly. Yeah. So the further out from competition, you want to do that thing that takes a while to do, and you want to do as much mm. general work as you can. So, you know, front squats... Or like deadlift variations, deficits, sumos, whatever it is, high bars, like anything you can get in and get some meaningful good work in just doing that. Doesn't have to be particularly hard, but you know, good volume, good reps, all that kind of yeah, stuff. Yeah, yeah. Come closer to competition, yeah, you can pull it out more and put the competition squats in. But um, as I say, I don't think you should you'd be ever worried about being injured from squatting or whatever or benching in the same stance. I don't think it should ever get to that point. Yeah, the other um, thing, where would you would, would you with a general pop person because you guys both are personal trainers? Yeah. Would you be varying their position 
Absolutely. Wow. But the thing I reckon I'd change about it, general pop, is the focus. The focus for a powerlifter is on squat, bench, deadlift. General population, you could take something like a front squat and you could use that to, you know, you want to focus on your front squat, get good at your front squat. Focus on another movement. Yep. You, your overhead press, get good at your overhead press. Generalize it, basically. Make it as broad as you can. Make it applicable across a whole number of things. You know, a high pull, whatever it is. Yep. Make the movements varied and you know, that's all good for a general strength. Pretty thing. much that. And yeah. like also with then, you know, powerlifters, like we have to perform the lifts to the competition standards. Yeah. A general population, like, you know, you take into account their limitations. So if people just, you know, can't squat to depth, their, their leg strength exercise could be a leg press. Like I'm picking a really, you know, non-functional one. I'm saying that with inverted. Yeah. <laughs> um, like, yeah, you could, you could pick anything. It's okay as long as it's like within the limitations that they have. You know, if you're getting the adaptations at the muscular level, yeah. when they don't have to go and perform in the sport, that's fine. Um, yeah. There's that. And the other thing is in general population, Although in powerlifters, it's sort of acceptable to have a degree of dominance in movement, which is, I think, part of what you're talking about. You know, like the bulk of our work is in the sagittal plane. We're doing lots of pressing movements, lots of hip extension, lots of knee extension and stuff. That's kind of fine because that's our sport, right? Yeah. And like in the off-season blocks, we move away from that a yeah, little yeah, bit. Again, just for, yeah, yeah. yeah, so we do that for health purposes and you can handle heaps of volume and you do hypertrophy and stuff. In the general population, again, your volume's probably more dispersed yeah. across just different movement patterns. So, mm. like, if I have a general population trainer, you know, for us, just arbitrarily, say, like, 60% of our work right now is in the joint movements in powerlifting, in the general population, I would just have it relatively evenly distributed across everything because they just want to be generally healthy, fit, yeah. and strong. Yeah, 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 so, definitely. Yeah. I mean, give or take. Match, you know, their pulling movements with their pressing movements, all that kind of stuff. Good, pretty like general. <laughs> Push more, well, I like it. Oh, yeah, yeah. there you go. Uh, if you um, want, what other injury prevention things do you guys uh, use in powerlifting? Like, gosh, am I qualified to talk here? Yeah. <laughs> How many uh, steroids like, do you use? <laughs> no, I'm, I'm no, always it's like, like crazy. Doing... take this 500 milligram. No. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that is a joke because the real oh, magic oh, starts yeah. at a gram. <laughs> <laughs> you know, yeah, um, like, like, wait till we get Robert Wood. Like, every drug. Yeah. <laughs> That's more, it. You, more than better. Yeah. You know how mediocre oh, as a powerlifter I feel that I've never been tested? <laughs> yeah, so, like, so if Will like Sears is listening to this, it's like, man, I'm jabbing every day. Like, yeah. come on, come oh, on, give yes. me some validation it's here. It's almost just, like a compliment where someone's like, do you take steroids? Like, yeah. no, but thank you. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Um, yeah, where my doctor gives me that shit, I'm like, you mean that skin cream you gave yeah, me? But yeah, like, yeah, yeah. yeah, no, I get nothing. Um, okay, <laughs> seriously. Yes. Just, just before that one, you guys are natural. Yes. I want to make this quick. Yeah. natural, never, natural never, never touch anything in our life. No, I just, I wasn't sure whether you can Except the old Jack 3D. No. No, again, you can get banned for like two years for using the old Jack 3D these days. So stupid. Matt Little's still important. Yeah. <laughs> and can you contact Matt Little to get the old formula <laughs> right I'll give you whatever um, you want. But back to that question. Yeah, so, back to the um, question. Injury prevention. Yeah, so how much time would you spend on mobility, flexibility? So, because um, Palace is notoriously tight, right? Yeah. Well, yeah. I think he's torn his hamstring. Yeah. So I, <laughs> um, I think that's a bit unlucky, um, yeah. to be fair, more than anything. Yeah. But how much time you spend would probably yeah, vary on your mobility issues and what you need to work on. So, someone who is extremely tight. Yes, they'll probably need to spend some specific time stretching out what's tight, what's affecting their squats, you know, through the hips, whatever it might be, through yeah. the hamstrings. However, if you're moving reasonably well, I think it's more a maintenance thing yeah. rather than a uh, actively, 
you know, trying to get more flexible because you don't need to be super, super flexible, but you need to be moving well and not being in bad positions um, in order to stay healthy. Um, yeah. Like the mobility requirements yeah. for powerlifting are pretty much enough to do a full range squat, mm. a deadlift and a bench press. Yeah. And if you're doing those movements without any real compensation in the movement pattern, yeah. then that in and of itself is mobility work. And that's not yeah. to say I don't do yeah, it anymore. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. You know, like I get quite Definitely tight do. things through my pec yeah. liner and stuff. So like, you know, I'm rolling down on a ball. I have a knobbly foam roller that I get into my adductors and things because they seize up. But like the bulk of your training, again, if your technique's good and your joint movements are like appropriate, you're not compensating for a lack of mobility in one place by, you know, using other muscles, then you should be mobile enough to perform the power lifts. And then beyond that, any stiffness you have like should be DOMS. And there are people who spend. <laughs> yeah, there's people onset muscle soreness. <laughs> yeah, who'd have thought? But there's people who are like um who spend ages and ages warming up and stuff and like fuck by the end of a long mm. foam rolling session like I want to go to sleep. Yeah. I do that shit before bed because I do yeah. want to go to sleep yeah. after. Like yeah. I can't imagine Definitely. spending that long doing that before you train and then you know it might even make you weaker like there's plenty of evidence that stretching does. I don't know about foam rolling, but like yeah, there's definitely something to be said for doing what you need. And especially for a squat session, you know, make it five, maybe 10 minutes, especially if you're a bit more immobile and then getting in and squatting. And as you warm up, you can use that as, you know, something to help you move a little bit better, you know, do a few like yeah. you know, lunges in between or whatever, get those muscles firing, a little bit of stretching, but you know, you should be good to go. Yeah. Like it, sh- it shouldn't be. And then that off season time when we're talking about like the more general movement, that's also where you start to try and really, really restore full joint movement. So if we're doing like lots more pulling than pushing in that time, you know, doing a lot of external rotation of the shoulder and stuff like that, you should actually start to see that your standing posture becomes a bit more normal. Your movements become a little bit better. No, I've given up. Everyone's just like, (laughs) yeah, the bench monster over here is slouching. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Yeah, like again, if you're like if you're doing the appropriate work and the work that you're doing is being done correctly, you should be mobile yeah. enough to be a good powerlifter. And then if you want to be a gymnast mm-hmm. in your spare time or something, you can do lots of stretching. But <laughs> yeah, we don't have a jog. Or, I'm assuming you guys don't do cardio. Uh, no, <laughs> Not much. Yeah. Um, Walking yeah. to the gym to lift. That's, that's the yeah. Yeah. No babies? Hmm? No babies? <laughs> no babies recently. Box jumps? Bench press? Bench press? Box jumps? How low's the box, man? Step ups. Two inches is fine. Yeah. Yeah. Um, no, that was pretty funny actually. Break, when I started yeah. rehabbing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, we're gonna take a quick break and then the banter show resume. <laughs> 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 oh, oh, fuck you! Really and we're back. I'm going. We're back. And we're back. You know when you do the three, two, one thing, you just go three. Yeah, this guy's actually on television. Actually, we're back with Go Doug Go. Go Doug Go. And the man. Will be Berkman. <laughs> um, we're going to talk a little bit about Jack, I think, <laughs> about nutrition and the amount of supplements he's going to take. Legal or legal? No, but seriously, what's your like? What's your nutrition? Are you guys pretty pro sciencey? Um, I wouldn't say so. I'd like. Okay, <laughs> okay. honestly. <laughs> okay, honestly, at the moment we're both like comically bad. So between meets, oh, like we have a weight range that we probably ought to stay within because we know, like, if we got to compete in X or Y number yeah. of weeks, we can make weight quite easily. Yeah. Keep it short, you know, so yeah, so so Doug comfortably cuts into eighty three from like eighty six ish. Is that just like, like not, yeah. not eating ice cream anymore? Uh, sometimes. Okay, his diet cup. strategy leading into nationals was not getting cookies at Subway anymore. I like it. Yeah, um, and then. You know, we do a walk like cut and stuff, cut. make weight exactly, from there. Um, I lost it, like. I'm a... <laughs> <laughs> I'm a... <laughs> 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 Subway. <laughs> 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 
subway underneath will be finished first. <laughs> yeah, man. Often, yeah. Yeah, they're nearly out of business. Yeah. Just don't just stop getting cookies. Go away. Cookie monster over here. Um, Wait, back to the question. Yeah, I'm a bit more like I'm a bit more rigorous than Doug. Like I track my macros and stuff, but now again, maybe six out of ten strictness because I'm not going to compete till like October. Um, but you know, like general off-season training, I have a rough protein target. I should be hitting rough calorie target and a minimum number of fats, and then the rest I pretty much fill with carbs. But like again, when you're like long off-season, really your biggest concern is just getting enough food in. So if you think about like what's going to help you adapt to training and get stronger. Like number one by a country mile is just getting sufficient calories. So eating enough food, even if it means putting on weight. Which is ballpark figure of calories. So for me at the moment, I'd be oscillating between like 3,000, 3,500 calories a day. Mm -hmm. So not a huge amount. Some other people I know have to push like a thousand more than that to gain weight. But I sit around there, gain weight steadily. And then as you start having to cut into a meat, for me, again, prioritizing getting enough protein, which isn't that much, but enough. And then emphasizing carbohydrate because they're our training fuel. They're our primary yep. one. But cutting the calories back just enough to start losing weight. Yep. So if you have your calories ballpark right, that's you know 60% of the battle. Get your macros right beyond that and suddenly you know 85% of the battle done. And then you start worrying about things like the specific foods, the time yeah, yeah. and supplementation and stuff. But that, Jack, again, we're not stepping on stage Jack. in underwear or anything. Like, we're stepping on stage in Wait, a suit. Wait, you guys are? Oh, I mean, we have a suit suit to lift weights, right? And, like, if you're a bit tubby leading into the show, like, you keep your shirt on to deadlift and oh, things, okay. it's fine. But, like, we don't we don't have to be ultra lean, right? Yeah. We just need to get enough food. On your weight, in, yeah. To be in your weight. Yeah. Um, to be in your weight class, but train really hard and adapt and get stronger. If you don't have enough calories, you won't adapt as well. Mm-hmm. Um, if you have too many, you're going to get fat and not cut into weight class well. Yeah. So get enough calories, Eat you know a broad varied diet and get enough protein, yeah. lots of carbs, and you're probably okay. Basically, a pretty good diet for an everyday. Yeah, I was gonna say, yeah. we could <laughs> take that snippet and just be like, this is how this is how you live a life. Yeah, <laughs> but again, that's like nowhere near sexy enough to sell an ebook. So if you want the secret <laughs> that I haven't spoken about, yeah, yeah, yeah. you can contact Bill underscore work on email.com. Don't no one contact Bill Bergman. <laughs> <laughs> He's never coming back on the show again. Yeah. For every oh, ten dollars you make, you lost nine dollars ninety. Sorry. <laughs> <laughs> break it again? Yeah, so there's two secrets that you can contact us about. <laughs> How to get um, jacked off eating Subway cookies. Do you guys take any supplements? Um, I, no. <laughs> I don't take anything. But yep. yeah. Doug doesn't. He just eats so much cereal. <laughs> cereal <laughs> to the point that it's a supplement. What are you? What the hell is Dougie? Yeah, what do you I'm, eat, man? What do you mean? I'm pretty normal. No, I'm like... Give us... Oh, I'm pretty normal. No. What were you at yesterday from breakfast to dinner? Oh, God. Okay, so cereal. <laughs> <laughs> what kind of cereal? Nutri-grain. Breakfast like, of champions, man. I, like, start, I don't know. I start work at like 5.30. I can't be bothered to make anything. It's, it's, it's not recording. Okay, now it's recording. What do you mean? Are you serious? serious? Yeah. Nutri-Grain's the best like, cereal since old school like anyways. At like 5 o'clock in the morning before I go to work, I don't want anything else. Like, I With have milk to before I go. Yeah, of course. Legit milk? Yeah. Wow, cool. Yeah. And then, uh, what do I have? <laughs> so before milk. I train, I generally have like a Gatorade as well, a bit of caffeine. Um, so, but I don't drink coffee, don't particularly like it, But so I just have the no-dose pills. Blasphemy. Yeah. I know. You get shot around here. Oh, good. Um, <laughs> and then what did we have for lunch uh, I think I went yesterday to we went, oh, no, yesterday, yesterday we went to that place and got the lamb wraps and milkshakes oh, oh, delicious yeah and <laughs> lamb wraps lamb and milkshakes milkshakes like you need to this get your calories in. as you say what it will say like 101 get your calories in yeah. like, do you track like, all this no so I <laughs> I do so I sit there looking at Doug like are you sure you want to eat that man wait you track for Doug <laughs> <laughs> no I track for myself but then I just let Doug know I'm fortunate in that I'd probably eat more 
more than Will, so I yeah. don't have to stress yeah. too much. I'm, it's just, I check my body weight because this is a podcast. Doug is jacked. Yeah, Doug's really big. Tits. <laughs> it's Doug's not tits. even. Doug's no, but I weigh myself every morning just to have a, like an idea of where my weight's sitting. If I start gaining too much weight too fast, I know and he I will reduce. Subway cookies. He and subway cookies. And, 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 and I cut down to one cookie instead of two. Or maybe cut like half a It's a tough life for some people. We're going to post a photo what Doug and Will look like and you understand why this is so stupid. Seriously, that's like... As but funny then, as it is, like just chipping away at your portion size, like, you know, yeah, I was telling you guys yeah. I was 116 kilos in high school. Yeah, like seriously. I went from 116 kilos to like a hundred kilos in the space of like what, three or four months. So that's a lot of weight mm. loss. I was eating the same meals as when I finished school. And all I was doing was having one less slice of toast for breakfast. Instead of having three apricot logs, I'd have two and I wouldn't have the glass of milk. Just chip away at your portion size. Yeah. And it's crazy. You lose weight. Like it's magic. And if you want the real magic, you can go <laughs> I felt like but, saying, and he is that one secret. But seriously, yeah, just those little things, like they really add up. You know, particularly eat, when you eat yeah. as much food as Doug does yeah, across yeah. a day, just little bits, you chip away, you lose weight. Yeah. Well, wait, so we're I up mean, to lunch now. I've had Subway cookies, I've had a lamb wrap. No, we haven't had Subway cookies yet. Oh, oh sorry. You went to dinner with your dad. Oh, no, it was my mom actually. But, you oh, know. Okay. You're right. Harley <laughs> 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 Quinn. I was tracking for him again. He was hiding in the restaurant. I was sure. Always make sure I get veggies in and things like that. Like the basics in, you know, get your veggies, get your um, your, your fruits in, all that kind of stuff. You want to have at least keep it somewhat well rounded. So I'm always hitting targets, like Will said, just the targets. I'll always get enough protein. I'm always get enough of all that kind of stuff. Um, so dinner, steak, lots of veggies, and then potatoes. Like just out at a restaurant, like perfectly fine dinner, probably yeah. more standard on what you have. What was dessert? Um, yeah, what did you have for dessert? <laughs> I didn't have dessert, I was good. He went home and ate some cereal. No, but, you know, it doesn't have to be too complex, yeah. particularly when you're, you know, that's a good, not that's cutting a good for a show, like, don't stress too much, mm. keep it simple, follow the principles, and that'll get you 95% of the way, mm. and, yeah, I think you'd be okay from that. I think yeah. you can take away that both keep it simple. Yeah, yeah. Like like you really get simple. enough calories in, you get yeah. enough of the right nutrients in, yeah. you don't stress about it too much. Yeah, and that's like, it. I, I also do because I need a lot of calories. And if I'm hard. eating chicken yeah, and brown rice yeah. and broccoli all the time, that's a lot of fucking chicken, brown rice, and broccoli, which frankly I don't have the stomach for. And you want to shit yourself. And I want to shit yeah. myself. Yeah, absolutely. Like, and that's why. So yeah. if I can have a milkshake because it's easy to get couple hundred calories in then I'll have a milkshake but as as Nick said they do train incredibly hard it's like you, you, you yeah sometimes. sure but again like you know, <laughs> well, yeah. actually yeah, yeah you so. can't, okay it's you perhaps just, not sustainable for you know gen pop no but I think the tips, the tips could, and stuff that you said are really good yeah, in general yeah, pop, but in terms of getting in lots of calories like you guys are at a different sort of level in terms yeah, of yeah for sure but again like if you held those same principles and had like adequate protein yep. some fruit and veggies in during the day enough carbs to support your training and yeah, your calories are, you know, within 10, 20% of what you need to be. Yeah. Like, you're probably going to be fine. And if yeah. you actually are trying to drastically cut weight or gain weight, that's when you start actually looking at strategies of mm-hmm. where you're going to take your calories away, where you're going to put them in, and how you're going to do it. And, that, like, the more calories you need to eat and the more weight you need to gain or something, the more you can start adding those discretionary foods. So, again, Doug needs to eat heaps. It's no wonder he's having cereal and milkshakes and cookies and stuff like yeah, that yeah. across the day. Yeah. Because he's already gotten adequate nutrients in the rest, you know, in yep. the rest of his day's diet. If you're yeah. not eating bazillions of calories every day, then, you know, you should probably be sticking to your meat and potatoes and veg. And, yeah. like, again, that's the bulk of Doug's diet still anyway. So, mm. yeah. Yeah. yeah, no, totally. Good. Um, oh, yeah, so I had a question just really quickly. What are you, like, maybe top three cues for the squat, bench, and deadlift? Say you get someone coming in and they want to... Try very hard. <laughs> <laughs> so I might just get Doug's tips for the bench. <laughs> 
Even though Will has like one of the heftiest deadlifts in the entire world. Um, for squat, for me, um, big like big thing that helped me was bracing correctly before I started my descent. Mm. So I breathe into my belt, crank my back on really tight. And so once I got that rigid torso, I know that's going to keep me upright and I tend to sort of come better out of the hole doing that. Yep. So it's a big breath into the belt, mm-hmm. brace my back on. And as I start coming up out of the hole, I'm driving my back into the bar and getting my hips through. Yep. That, yeah, that mm-hmm. for me when I squat. So it'd be brace before you descend and then I cue elbows for the back. So, yeah, so if, it's upper back that you're, you're getting. Um, yeah, so as you crank... Through. As you crank your elbows sort of down towards your pocket and through, you feel your lats start to tension. Yep. And they insert all the way down at your pelvis as well, right? So they can yeah, give you yeah. heaps of stability through the trunk. Yeah. So I'm thinking big breath, lats on tight, so elbows through. Yep. And that, for me, is like, you know, the Perfect. Exactly. Um, cool. Might not be relevant across all lifters, but especially those who aren't using shoes when they squat, is be pushed through your heels. You see far too many people coming forward on the squat, and that bar sort of comes forward on their center of mass. They're far stronger when they sort of sit back, weight through the heels, and everything sort of fixes itself in, a, in, a, in an odd way, if you think about it. Simple cue, they're just thinking of one external thing, and it almost fixes itself in, in uh, how they sit up and squat through. Mm-hmm. Um, bench, I won't do all of them. Um, I would say get tight. like it's, Get in a good, solid position and don't move. Uh, yeah. So once People you don't s- realize how yeah. important that is on the bench, yeah, especially with their lower body. Yeah, 100%. So once you get those feet set and those feet tucked back, you know, feet up, heels down, whatever it is, don't move. So once yeah. you unrack that bar, you none of your torso, none of your knees, none of your, your heels should move. The only thing that should move will be your shoulder and your elbow as you go down to press. All right, does that make sense? You're holding rigid and you just come down, press through. Nothing else has to move. You want to... Transmit as much force as you can to the bar. You don't want it wasting and moving body parts and all that kind of stuff. So if you see Doug Bench, he's like a coiled spring when he's on there. Like there's so much tension coming from the floor through the arch into his shoulders. Yeah. You know, like he's ready to apply maximum force to it, and his arms are just sort of the lever that's transmitting that. Yeah, the tension yeah. he creates. Well, all the body is powers from like what lower position. Right? All the yeah. Well, I mean, like. But once people start wiggling their legs around yeah. and losing tension in the torso, you lose your arch, your shoulders pop out of position, suddenly the joint here is not centered, there's no way you can push as much weight, mm-hmm. right? And if you're really, really good at it, and you know, Doug is quite good at it. Not that great, but... But certainly better than me. Yeah. <laughs> you know, you're definitely something to talk about. So but, yeah, yeah but it's something, it's and you don't want to be bleeding force through a lift and all that kind of stuff. So you've got to just hold yourself in position, hold as tight as possible, you can often, people get away, especially on bench, if it's not maximal, with just being in a slightly looser position. And then they don't really realize that. But when it comes to pr- pressing you know, more maximal weight or just generally more weight over time, mm-hmm. better position um, helps so much. Yeah, yeah. I would say, um, uh, I mean, I'll say one for bench is, um, yeah, if you can reach your chest up to the bar, is bringing it down. It's like someone's pushing a pencil in between your shoulder blades and just keep your elbow underneath your wrist then you should probably bench okay. Um, yeah. yeah, beyond that, I'll leave it. Deadlifts. Yeah, yeah. Um, the biggest thing that like I see wrong with a lot of people is their start positions off. Yeah. So if the shoulder isn't directly over the bar, if it's ahead of the bar or behind the bar, often you start to see the hips shoot or the background almost to compensate, and then the bar breaks the floor once it's sitting under the shoulder joint. So really work your setup, sit back from the bar. So you should be sitting back as far as you can with your shins near vertical. The bar will be sort of under your patella, basically. So it's sitting over your midfoot, Knees bent just enough so your patella's over the bar, shoulders over the bar. If you do that, for almost everybody, you're in about the right starting position. And then from there, it's not that complicated of a lift. You just yeah. drive your feet through the floor evenly, bring your hips to the bar, and you yeah. know, 
Deadlift more than anything, if you start the lift right, you will tend to finish it right. Absolutely. Yeah, probably yeah. more than any other. And how many right. people have you seen with like this honking shit set up? And like every single rep, their hips shoot and the bar breaks the floor at the same spot every single every time. time. Yeah. And you just thought if you just started there and sort of just braced into that position correctly, your back wouldn't round so shittily, your lockout would be better yeah. because you weren't trying to re-extend yeah. your back and, and then, then pull better weights. The only yeah. thing I'd add to that is squeeze your glutes, push your hips through. It's a hip extension movement and yeah. you get all the time people using their back just to sort of hush it back. Yeah. Squeeze your glutes through like actively, even if it's a lightweight, actively squeeze through. It's just going to help you when you get heavier with just literally trying to finish off that lift. But again, I would and, contend yeah. that with people who start with the bar too far ahead of them with their shoulders ahead of the bar yeah, and stuff, they harder. start, yeah, they roll onto the front of their feet, yeah. right? Because the and bar is penduluming away from them. It's blocking. so, yeah, so yeah. hard to squeeze your glutes if your weight's on the front that's of your right, foot, yeah. you know? So like, that's, that's sort of a compounding problem. But yeah. yeah. So make every rep look the same. Get like really work your setup. Um, so yeah. Shoulders over the bar, like, yeah. like, you know, in line, sorry. Yeah, line directly above the bar. Above the bar. Directly yeah. above. Just, I love it. Yeah. Got anything else, Matt? I need to go get some deadlifts. Yeah. Oh, the yeah, last one. Yeah, I want to know what you guys, how you guys start your perfect day. So the the first like hour of your perfect day, what does it look I'm like? Slow jog goes along. <laughs> well, I mean, I've had a girlfriend. I've had a girlfriend Doug, for a while, Doug, so that's Doug been had a pretty, a a pretty good look at Will when he said that. So. <laughs> <laughs> Everything's just going to shit. He said it anyway. What did Will say about the dog Stuart again? It's got to be done so I think the next sound bites you looking at Will with those starry eyes. Do you have that on camera? Um, yeah, I mean, I do actually. Oh. <laughs> Yay. Um, <laughs> no, I agree. Yeah, I mean, <laughs> no. Uh, perfect day, I don't know. Sleeping's always good. Yeah, I mean, we're, we're both PTs. We get up pretty early in the morning. Like, you can sleep in and wake up, you know, to your partner in bed next to you. Um, we'll just slap Doug on the leg. <laughs> no, like, I, I like being able to wake up, have a lazy breakfast and a coffee, um, you know, read the paper. What do you like, eat? Just chill around. Yeah. What did I eat for breakfast? Um, actually, you know what? My girlfriend got me a jaffle maker because I used to try and make pancakes. I couldn't make them into a circle. Not a jaffle maker, a waffle maker. Right. Um, so I do sometimes have waffles, but for me, like the signature breakfast is stuffed capsicums. So it takes half an hour to make, cut the capsicums in half, scramble eggs and put them in there with deli meats. Delicious, man. Half an hour in the oven. Like, I like it. Grill on top for the final five or 10. We'll link so, the recipe. Yeah. <laughs> put the recipe um, in uh, uh, Will, Will Workman. <laughs> yeah, again, Bill Workman at Hotmail.com. one com. secret. <laughs> Bill Workman. <laughs> Bill Workman. Yeah, seriously though. Don't <laughs> actually email that. Bill Workman. Yeah, that yeah. Bill Workman. Um, yeah. That's his thing. Bill Workman. Bill yeah, Workman. I, yeah. It's magical, man. I like the it. W and the B. I like yeah. it. Every <laughs> job I've ever gotten, I've applied with that email address as well. Like, is this wrong? Like, <laughs> yeah, so you will. You'll be the wrong name every time. <laughs> but yeah, um, so lazy wake up, coffee, brekkie, like read the paper, you know, just chill out at home, basically. Yeah. I do a training day. It would be like, wake up, breakfast, and go train about nine. Yeah, yeah, and that would be the best way. Yeah, love it. What's your favorite breakfast other than Nutrigrain? Other than Nutrigrain, like that's tough. Might have to go with peanut butter and toast. Do you actually eat Nutrigrain that often? Like, so why are you so amazed by this? I don't know. I just thought it's spectacular. If I had Nutrigrain, I'd be like, you have diabetes. Yeah, I'd feel Would awful. You? Have you got to exercise more then? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that's what I call it. Yeah, yeah, that's yeah, right. Yeah, that's fine. Oh, yeah, Diet Coke too. Damn. Yeah. Um, but. 
Have you guys seen the Dave Tate video where they're like having the pre-breakfast or something? Pre-breakfast? Not the pre-breakfast. Yeah, no, they're doing the pre-workout. It's like, I'll send it to you. We'll cut this down. I'll send you the video. It's pretty classy. Everyone listening right now, we apologise for my laughing. Guys, thank you so much for being on the podcast. Yeah, thanks for that. Cheers. Blast. Feel.